You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Waddle, Waddle! Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown! Again. It's Waddle! His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the day. Drive Time with Travis Wingfield begins... Now, let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Oh, yeah. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, if it sounds like I'm a little bit gassed up right now, that's because I am. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year, the My Guys episode. Normally it's 20 names, but this year we're cutting down to the Sweet 16 because there is no first-round draft pick. And with us being one week away from our first draft pick, most likely could be a trade-up, but if not, it'll be one week from today. Breaking down all things Miami Dolphins draft, I'm going to give you 16 names I'd like at pick 51 and 84. All of that and a heck of a lot more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. My Caroline kicks us off as we jump right in to the Sweet 16, my guys, and expanding this out to the third round this year because of our first two picks occurring on day two with pick 51 and pick 84. I've always done 20 names for the first couple of rounds, but we'll go 16 for rounds two and three. I know it sounds confusing, but we also use the Dane Brugler big board from The Athletic, The Beast, which in my opinion is the best draft guide out there. So go check that out if you have not done so. But using his big board and kind of ranking the players based upon where he has them for the idea of who could be there. But I first want to mention I have two distinct omissions who fit the criteria of being within 15 picks in terms of Dane's big board of our pick. And that's two guys that are within those criteria that I think personally, and this is me putting my own flavor on it because it's my show, I have the microphone, and that's what I'm going to do. Two guys that I think are long gone by pick 51 who are both within 15 spots of the 51st pick are Mozzie Smith from Michigan, the defensive lineman, and the offensive lineman, we'll call him a guard from TCU, Steve Avila. I think both those players are first-round pick locks, absolute locks to go in the first day and have no chance to make it to 51 or even to a potential trade-up range for the Miami Dolphins. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into my list this year, and it starts on the offensive line with Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. The more I watch these guys coming down the home stretch of draft prep, the more Bergeron stands out to me. It starts with his feet. The same thing that made me think that Laramie Tunsil had a future as a perennial all-pro left tackle when the Miami Dolphins landed him 13 overall back in 2016 and a guy that could garner the return value of a quarterback in a trade that basically set Miami up for the roster we have today. In his past sets, you often see him squeeze a left guard and shorten that runway because he knows he has the foot quickness to get back outside. I should say the right guard. He plays the right tackle position mostly. Then his opposition sees that edge flash open, tries to beat him around that arc, and he has the ability to get back out wide and run him right past the quarterback to the least effective position on a football field behind the quarterback. And he pairs that quickness with the best complementary trait to foot quickness, grip strength. You see a lot of college offensive linemen operate solely with two-handed punches, and that really restricts your limit 
or restricts your balance and limits your mobility, but not him. He's very comfortable with that outside hand bracing the initial impact, latching on, and then working to get his feet back square and bring that inside hand back in for initial placement there because it keeps you more on balance. It keeps your, your width and your base. It just keeps everything more in sync. And I think that that trait really pairs well with how Tua plays, especially off that blind side for him in terms of getting the football out quick, playing in rhythm. Matthew Bergeron's traits alone allow him to buy the quarterback extra time in the pocket. It makes sense to me that he is so good that with his feet because he was a hockey player being from Canada. His first language was French as well. But how about this? He was the first Syracuse true freshman to start at offensive tackle since 2002. He did play both sides, 31 starts at left tackle, eight at right tackle. I I liked his right tackle tape a lot. I think where you see the fit is the way that he comes off the football. We've talked about it in covering McDaniel pressers about how the offensive line play is different than it is most other places around the league. Super smooth mover with the ability to effectively transition his weight and stay on balance. 318 pounds is right in the threshold for most tackles. Some folks think he could kick inside the guard, which I think maybe depresses his value a little bit and makes him a potential option at 51 as a team that wants him as a tackle. Players like this tend to give a little in the running game, and that's why I like him so much for Miami because that's not Bergeron at all. He has the temperament of a road-grading guard out in space, and he finishes his block blocks like nobody I've seen in this class. He's six foot five, 318 pounds, 33 and three quarter inch arms. Plenty good there. 30 and a half inch vert, 82 inch wingspan, a nine through eight, two RAS relative athletic scorecard. That is top 50 all time among tackles, more than 2,500 career snaps, 1,375 of those in pass pro with just 55 pressures allowed. That's a career pass block efficiency of 97.4. Remove that true freshman campaign. It's 38 pressures on 1,200 pass blocking snaps, a PBE better than 98. So yeah, he's atop my list. I love this guy's game. And I actually recently bumped him over the guy I've been talking about all draft process by number two here, tight end Darnell Washington for my short list. These are my top two guys out of Georgia, 774 career receiving yards, three touchdowns, but 17.2 per catch in his career. I think that number reflects the upside as the Georgia offense was an embarrassment of riches, both at tight end and running back. And Darnell did so much of his work in the uncharted area as far as stats go. You guessed it in the blocking game. This guy is an extra offensive lineman when you put him in the game. Luckily, the pro football focus draft guide gives us those details. He had half as many targets as likely first round pick in 2024. Brock Bowers had it Georgia last year, but he embraced that that role selflessly. 60% inline workload. He broke 14 tackles on 45 receptions, averaging 7.5 yards after the catch per reception. That was 12th among all tight ends in college football last year. He was 16th in deep receptions, 20 or more air yards. And think about that, 16th in total catches on deep shots, but he only had a fraction of attempts of the rest of the class, like a Sam Laporta. 14th in depth of target, and that just pairs insanely well with this. A top 10 run block grade at tight end. No pressures allowed on 72 pass blocking snaps in his career. Paired that with a 50% contested catch rate. That's about where the best contested catch guys in the NFL come down each year. 50-50. Hey, that's why they call it 50-50 balls, right? But the best ones only get that. And I even talked to Channing Tindall about this guy. And he said, he in the red zone, he's impossible to cover because he just rebounds the football off your helmet. He would know. Athletic Marvel, 83 and three quarter inch wingspan, 11 inch hands, 6'7", 272 pounds. He's a sixth offensive lineman who can beat you to the corner, beat a linebacker or a safety to the flag in a foot race 
you know, to catch a pass. He's a long strider. I mean, how could he not be at that size? But don't mistake that for a lack of foot quickness. Don't listen to a beat reporter talking about how he reminds him of Mike Kosicki. That is outlandish, ridiculous. He builds up to speed, but he has plenty of quickness to win with separation and a much larger frame. His basketball background shows up. 4.08 short shuttle was third best among all participants in Indy. Not tight ends, all participants. Flat out dominant blocker. Dominant. Erases the edge, widen the C gap, that gap between your tackle and tight end where we run lots of R, uh, R target points to the running backs at that C gap. He can clear that out and, and attach the second level, move linebackers, anchors against the nation's top pass rushers. I love his game. Brugler calls Washington the leanest 270-pound athlete he's ever seen on a football field, a one-of-one talent with fascinating pro potential. Excited yet? Let's keep it rolling here with number three on my list. Running back Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. His ability to get to any blade of grass from any position with pure speed and urgency is so intriguing for what this offense could look like with a player like Gibbs in it. I think he's a certified immediate playmaker wherever he winds up, especially in the right system that allows him to take a longer track to the line outside zone, right? Anticipate the lanes developing and then hit it with acceleration with excellent backside vision. The way he gets to that bend back lane is rare. He has elite vision to find those backside lanes when it's been over pursued uh, with his physical skills, the speed and the agility to find those to really punish them for false stepping or overreacting to front side action. And that's where most of the Dolphins big runs come from, man. He's a home run hitter. He's tremendous as a receiver. And if it weren't for the running back position seeing decline in draft position the last several years, I'd put him in the long gone category. But because running backs fall every year, he might be there. Five foot nine, 200 pounds, that's great. Four, three, six, 40, just 21 years old. The number of times I've seen him comped to Alvin Kamara, it tracks too. Pro Football Focus has his comp at Raheem Mostert. Love that. His resume is insane. Freshman All-American at Georgia Tech, housed a 98-yard kick return two years ago, transferred to Alabama, and led the team in both rushing and receptions. Alabama! Sudden stepper, varies his tempos and reads blocks so, so well. The way he processes and uh, presses lanes and condenses the defense to really kind of suck them in and then hit him on the backside with speed puts him at such a disadvantage, and then you can't catch up with the foot speed there from him either. He forced 107 missed tackles on 383 attempts as a collegian. That's crazy. Good for a 3.53 average after initial contact. He also led all backs in this class with 2.47 yards per route ran as a receiver. Those are my top three guys that I'm racing to the podium if any of them are available. I love those guys' games. I think they're all great fits here. I like this guy's game too, and he probably goes before those three guys because of the position he plays. Well, I guess Bergeron's the same spot. But offensive tackle Dewan Jones from Ohio State. You start with his build. It's six foot eight, 374 pounds. There's a video of him dunking a basketball. And the caption of the tweet I saw says, it's the hev- or the heaviest NBA player to dunk a ball in a game was the 375-pound Oliver Miller. The length matches 36 and 5-8-inch arms <laughs> that he uses to snatch and trap rushers, puts them on the ground. Smart player who knows where he has to get. He knows his limitations in terms of the movement skills, which come with being 375 pounds. He knows how his body maneuvers. There's just not a lot to nitpick with him as a prospect. He shows up on game day, and it's a problem for the defense because he's just so impossibly hard to get around, both as a pass blocker and in the run game. His margin for error on the strike points is so big because of his mass. 
He and Darnell Wright, who is long gone as well for me, by the way, might just be the best right tackles in this draft. They could also be the best offensive tackles in the draft, period. He moves surprisingly well for that size. Uh, he's gonna he's not gonna blaze a 5'4 40, or I should say a sub 5 40, but he can get to the second level. From Dane Brugler, Ohio State coaches lauded how much he improved each year there, which is a great sign for any prospect improvement every single season. Then the production. How about five quarterback pressures last year? Not sacks, not hits, five pressures. He did not allow C.J. Stroud to get hit once. Not once. 951 career pass blocking snaps with just 18 pressures. That's a 98.8 pass block efficiency, the best in college football over that time. I am very, very close to putting him in the out of range category. Up next, a player that I believe will be there, tight end Sam Laporta from Iowa, all-state basketball player, lettered in baseball as a shortstop. He ran track. I love multi-sport players, and it shows in the way he moves. He's smooth. One of the few guys with a higher YPPR, yards per route ran, than Washington, 1.89 career to 177. He averages 5.6 yards after the catch on average, forced 36 missed tackles on 153 catches. He is exceptional with the football in his hands. I think you can really see that translate in his game where Iowa would use him both, not just the FY combo, the move and inline combination, but a quasi wide receiver like slot and throw him screens on the outside and flats from flex alignments. He's the kind of player that you can line up in one snap and 11 personnel and he's your inline tight end. And the next he's a flexed out wide receiver. And all of a sudden you're in 10 personnel and you did not have to substitute, and the defense is now mismatched. He doesn't have the blocking reps that Washington does, but when Iowa asked him to, he was pretty adequate in that department. You don't play tight end at Iowa and not have some capability of blocking. Sub 4, 6, 40, 35-inch vert, 10-3 broad. He is so explosive. Probably the best in the class in that regard. Dalton Kincaid has an argument. As the best separator at the top of the route at the position, he said at the Combine the reason he did not declare last year was that it was important for him to be a captain at Iowa, and per Brugler, his coaches say his production was a direct reflection of the work he puts in. So good company there. My last guy on my short list here is Keanu Benton. This is a player from Wisconsin, defensive lineman, where the Dolphins are sort of in that luxury spot that a few teams are. We feel pretty damn good about our roster if we had to play a game tomorrow, and teams like that are afforded the luxury of drafting to solve potential future needs, and Benton wouldn't just satisfy what does the D-line look like in 24 criteria? He'd give you an immediate impact rotational piece this year to working with Christian and Zach. Uh, he's flexible in the way of those two guys. I know that he can play as a, a, a nose tackle. He can play the two, the two-eye, the three, all the way out to the five technique. And that's what he did with the Badgers at Wisconsin. He's fantastic at deconstructing blocks. The quickness pops off the tape. The powerful hands pop off the tape at 315 pounds. It reminds me of Christian Wilkins a little bit and the way he moves that big frame around. Slippery ability to shake blocks. He's so good at creating advantageous angles and then winning with whatever is required. Power, speed, restrike the hands. Wrestling background, very evident from him. Four-year starter at Wisconsin. Over 900 snaps played the last two years. That includes 483 pass rush reps with 49 pressures. It includes 417 rundown snaps with 43 stops. Excellent player who I think can provide an immediate impact to whichever team selects him. This is my long list for pick 51. Moving on to the offensive line, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. Not sure how many guys improved their stock the way that Michael Schmitz did. And that began with a dominant senior bowl week. I mentioned Benton's wrestling background, but you heard from uh, Kyle Krabs 
on the podcast a while back. You'll hear it again next week, I'm sure. His ability to transition to guard should be a seamless one. But the thing that stands out above all is the intelligence. You never see him false stepping or taking poor angles, busting a protection assignment. Just a super sound player. Also knows how to work. P.J. Fleck, the Minnesota head coach, was quoted, it always helps when your best player is your hardest worker, which we use that phrase around here too with Tyreek. The Dolphins' benefit of having an offensive line full of guys that play multiple spots is that they can expand their desired positions up front. So like Schmitz is a center, but if you took him, you've got Connor Williams who can play anywhere inside. We've seen Rob Hunt play both right guard and right tackle. Austin Jackson, both tackle spots and left guard. Same story with Liam Eikenberg. If you draft John Michael Schmitz, maybe he's the best left guard on the team and you can move it that way. Maybe he's the best center and you move Connor Williams. It gives you options when you have guys that are that flexible. 21 pressures allowed, just two sacks in 991 career pass blocking snaps. On my long list, defensive back Keely Ringo from Georgia. I find myself sometimes with beliefs, but I also think that just means from a scouting perspective, you're open to not just the traits you prefer, but all play styles and all body types, et cetera, et cetera. I say this because Keely Ringo might be the best athlete this class has to offer, but there are flashes on the tape that make you think that he could wind up with the most all pros of anybody in this entire class, but you also see a little bit of risk reward there, which is why the draft experts are pretty pretty split on where he might go and why he's even part of this exercise and not a surefire top 10 pick. He can fly, he hits, he plays the football. He was a perimeter cornerback in college, but I think that he could play anywhere in the secondary, including off the balls of safety. He ran a 21-1-8, 200-meter yard dash in high school. That is below the threshold of Olympic qualifying, which we'll talk about here with Devon A-Chain here in a second. He was the number one cornerback recruit out of high school, number one overall recruit out of Arizona. That ascent was the story in college, man. Redshirted in 2020 with a shoulder injury, played two years and on to the next Over those two years, 19 pass defense, four picks, and a forced fumble, three tackles for loss. The guy fills up the stat sheet. The more I think about Ringo, the closer I get to adding him to my list of for sure going before pick 51. 4'3", 6'40", 10'2", broad, 33.5-inch vert at that size. Have mercy. He's rocked up, fires out of a cannon from a standing still position, exceptional trigger out of the back pedal, hands like a wide receiver, I think he's going to be an ace special teamer from day one. Another year of good college tape. I think you might be talking about a potential top 10 pick here. Perhaps best of all, he made his growth while playing in one of the more complex man zone match schemes in all of college football. 66.1 career passer rating allowed. 63 last year, 68 two years ago. 19 run stops, just 871 receiving yards on 1,061 coverage snaps. He's awesome. That's my short and long list there. At pick 51, I gave you seven names, I believe, right? So there you go. Let's go ahead and take our first break right there and come back on the other side and get to the rest of the list. Travis Wingfield, your host, Drive Time Podcast, brought to you by AutoNation. We've rattled off seven names so far. Do I even have 16 here? I'm not sure if it's that many or if it's more or if it's less. I don't know. We'll figure it out. However many names I'm giving you today, that's how many we're going to talk about on the podcast. We've done... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I was right. Eight. I did eight. That's right. Okay. Eight and eight makes sense. Travis knows math. For pick 84, my first player is running back Ty J. Spears from Tulane. One of my absolute favorites in this class. He might be gone before this pick. Not only does he hit home runs as a runner, not only does he run routes like a wide receiver, he will execute a lead block in the goal line. He'll go put a linebacker on their butt and then walk back to the huddle like, yeah, 
That's a Saturday in New Orleans, man. That's what I do. Competitive fire, runs angry, plays exceptionally fast. If you watch the Cotton Bowl, you know about Ty J. Spears. He ran roughshod over the USC Trojans to cap off a 1,581-yard, 19-touchdown rushing season. Add in 22 grabs for 256 and three scores as a receiver. He's five foot nine, 200 pounds, a lot like Jameer Gibbs. He jumped 39 inches in the vertical, 10 foot five on the broad. Unreal athlete. I think his 4.52 40 time is very misleading. He plays a lot faster than that. He has exceptional lateral agility. He's an explosive cutter, accelerates quickly when changing directions and decelerating. Led the nation last year with 4.55 yards after initial contact, thanks to 63 missed tackles for so You don't bring him down first contact. He had 21 runs of 15 plus yards. His career yards after contact is this, 4.55 450-481-427. He averages better than a good carry after initial contact in his entire career. He ran for 70 first downs last year. He had just two drops on 62 targets. I love Ty J. Spears. Tight end Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan. Number two on my 84 shortlist. State champ winning high school quarterback, late bloomer in terms of production, but he enjoyed a career year in 2022 with 35 grabs, 418, and three touchdowns. His workout is where he really stood out. 78 one-eighth inch wingspan, almost pterodactyl territory, 80 inches is about where we get to that spot. 159-10 split, super explosive off the football. 10 foot seven broad and 35 and a half inch. Uh, vertical jump. Those numbers also tell you how explosive he is in the lower half. He can move, man. Six foot five, two fifty-two. He was a run-first quarterback uh, in high school and as a junior, and then he moved to a pass-catching role his senior season. Also played baseball and cornerback, which again speaks to his movement skills. And you can see it in watching him. Clean releases, excellent body control. This is what I love most about the multi-sport athletes. They just move differently. He did pile up run after the catch, but his grip strength and effectiveness as a blocker absolutely stands out. The offense he comes from is intriguing. It's a classic Y in that power spread offense of the Michigan Wolverines, which gives him snaps in line as a wing, in the slot, in the backfield, everything. Versatility plays big time in today's NFL. And you see that show up in the way he was utilized. 151 gap scheme block reps, 101 out of zone, and a variety of those pre-snap alignments. Uh, 62 career pass blocking snaps, just one pressure allowed. He only forced two missed tackles on 54 career grabs. So uh, not going to run through tacklers that much, but he can make plays with the football in his hands. Next, number three on the short list here, running back Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M. Lightning in a bottle. People thought he might break the 40-yard dash record in Indy. He did clock a 4-3-2, which was the third fastest time in this year's class. He's got springboards in his shoes. He and Gibbs make my list for the same reason. Urgency to press the line and make the cut with anticipation of how the blocks unfold and unleash that track speed into the second level of the defense. Like Gibbs, A. Chain is a home run hitting return man. 30.7 average uh, kickoff returns and two for touchdowns the last two seasons. I thought he played a lot bigger than his size in pass pro, which means you have no qualms about keeping him in on third down where he can unleash his best trait, his pass receiving. He ran a 10.04 100 meters at A&M. 22.4 was the Olympic trial qualifiers 
for the last time out, and he ran a 20.20. That's Olympic speed like we talk about there with Keely Ringo. He's played on special teams. He has a not-over-my-dead-body temperament that I love. Jimbo Fisher said this about him. He's a tremendous human being, player, leader, competitor, and have nothing but heart and toughness about him in everything he does. He averaged 161 all-purpose yards per game last year. That was fourth in the SEC. It just matters more. 74 missed tackles forced on 369 career attempts. That's good for a 3.93 average yards after contact. Number four for pick 84. Linebacker Dayon Henley from Washington State. If it seems like I like speed, it's because I do. Henley changed the way the WSU defense could play, and I'm not making this comparison because it sounds like a total homer call for the Gokugs, but it was akin to how the Niners could expand their drops with Fred Warner because of his length and athletic ability. Henley has range moving in all three directions and finishes with a punishing finish. Safety convert, blistering 4-5-4 speed. He was recruited originally as a quarterback, but signed with Nevada as an athlete before playing wide receiver, corner, and moving to safety and eventually landing at linebacker and transferring out to Wazoo. The combine metrics show you the explosiveness. 1-5-8-10 split, 37.5-inch vert, 10-foot-5 broad. He's built. He plays tight off blocks. He, he you can condense in tight to the formation and scrape off those things, so he's smart. He knows how to defeat blocks despite his kind of slight frame, has a never-ending motor. I don't watch my Cougs with a scouting eye. I'm just watching it to watch football. But this dude jumped off the screen every single Saturday. He's going to be a core special teamer day one on top of having the salt to play sub and base packages on defense. He led both WSU and special or defense and special teams last year in tackles. 40 run stops, just 5.2% missed tackle rate last year, and 18 pressures on 67 career pass rushing snaps or I should say last season. Really, really good player. Defensive tackle Siaka Ika from Baylor, the truest nose in this entire class. His presence clogs two lanes just on his size alone, Six foot three, 340 pounds. I think if you draft this guy, you can play him 30% of your snaps right behind Raekwon Davis and, and give him his breather. And when you see a man that size, you don't think he can move, but he does, man. Quickness, ability to work laterally with heavy, heavy hands. He has some juice as a pass rusher too, but stopping the run is his true, pl- his true calling. He played the zero, the one, two I, even some three technique, but I think he's more of a plop him on the nose, playing those odd fronts for the Miami Dolphins if he were to get drafted here. And that might not be a third round pick. Maybe he's a trade back scenario, but he's, it would be a great fit for the Miami Dolphins in the middle of that defense. Tight end Brenton Strange is next from Penn State. How about a 135 passer rating when targeted? Good for sixth among power five tight ends. He really turned it on as a pass catcher this year, was 20th and missed tackles fourth. Uh, that's seven total missed tackles forced seven total also made five contested catches how about a pretty good split of snap counts from zone and gap schemes 150 to 143 he played more of a souped up wide receiver role but man when they jammed him in line you could see the want to as a blocker it's a great baseline to work with a tight end uh, vert and broad 36 and 10 4 both registered better than 85 percentile among tight ends he uses that big body and athleticism to be a threat down the field, builds up to speed to make big plays. He caught six of 12 contested balls in his career, scored 11 touchdowns on 70 grabs for 775. It's pretty good. 14 career missed tackles forced, had a 67-yard touchdown catch this year that he ran away from the entire defense. Explosive, more receiver than blocker, but that muscular build, he's a first-off-the-bus type of guy in addition to his temperament and want to, makes him an intriguing player at this range of the draft. Maybe like uh, Ika as well, a trade-back type of option. 
Next, wide receiver Tank Dell from Houston. He won me over at the Senior Bowl with a deep bag in terms of his releases, his stems, and moves at the top of the route. You're going to hear the concern about his size, 5'8", 165. But when he gets drafted, just like Devontae Smith, I can promise you that weight has no meaning when guys cannot get hands on you. He's speedy, he's crafty, he's sure-handed, explosive play waiting to happen. Love his game, especially when you consider that he ran every position in Dana Holgerson's passing attack, which is multifaceted variation of the air raid. Fun fact about him, he played at Independence Community College, was the first school featured on the Last Chance U program. I don't think his 4.49 speed is indicative of his play speed. The 1.5.10 split sure is, though. He accelerates through the catch on deep tracking. Think about that Waddle home run ball from Tua against the Lions. Like, he can go get it. 2.54 yards per route ran. Caught more than half his contested balls at that size. 7 for 13. 5 yards average yak. 19 missed tackles forced each of the last two years. 34 touchdown grabs with 17 of those coming last year, 29 the last two years combined. He caught five deep touchdowns this year, uh, 12 of 28 targets on those 20 or more air yard throws for 366 yards and five touchdowns on deep shots. He's a good deep ball receiver, could open up things for Tyreek and Jalen in this offense if he was drafted. Last here on my short, my long list, I should say, offensive lineman Wanya Morris from Oklahoma. Another one of these just larger than life builds, six foot five, 317 pounds at his pro day. But how about 35 and five uh, and a half inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands, and an 85 inch wingspan? Superb athlete, gets out in space like nobody's business, quick out of his stance and into his set. He mirrors well, has a real mean streak to his game, plenty of reps where he latches on and then finishes the rep by throwing his man to the ground. This has an impact over the course of a game. Very rangy when asked to pull. Dane Brugler writes that if he refines all of his technique and just gets more reps, his upside could be a high-quality starter who serves as a good swing tackle while he gains experience. That, to me, sounds like a perfect mid-draft type of athletic or type of offensive lineman selection. Just 11 pressures allowed the last two seasons on 379 pass-blocking snaps. He did miss some time two years ago. It's a pass-block efficiency of 97.9. So, there you go. That's my short and long list, my sweet 16 for picks 51 and 84. Let's go ahead and take our last break right there and come back on the other side and talk about some day three prospects and kind of do a little mock game here. That's next Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. So we have two picks, uh, one in the sixth round, one in the seventh round. I don't know if any of these guys are going to be there, but some additional names for running backs. Tank Bigsby from Auburn's a big physical bruiser. Sean Tucker's an explosive play waiting to happen at Syracuse. Muhammad Ibrahim had a ton of production at Minnesota, and Deuce Vaughn was the top receiving running back in college football from Kansas State. I like Miami's tight end, Will Mallory. I like the BYU wide receiver, Puka Nakua, who had a great senior bowl. Three offensive linemen who are intriguing, uh, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, Andrew Voorhees from USC, and Tyler Steen from Alabama. Really curious about Steen. Uh, on the defensive line, Keandre Coburn from Texas, as well as his teammate, Moro Ojomo. And then linebacker, Noah Sewell from Oregon. Cornerbacks, Trey Tomlinson from TCU. And Darius Rush from South Carolina. Just to round out my list and give myself more chances to hit, have hits on the Miami Dolphins draft. I think this is what I'm kind of landing on right here. At 51, it's Washington, Bergeron, Gibbs, or maybe even get out at that point. And then the third round, Ty J. Spears, Devon A. Chain, Luke Schoonmaker, and Wanya Morris, and then get out if you can't get those guys. Truth is, I wish I had one more pick, but I also think we'll get we'll only get one of my guys. We'll get to the 51st pick. If they do, that's great. If not, eh, tough. 
but gosh, I, I really want three of these players. Maybe you slide back a little bit and go Laporta, Spears, and Morris. I don't know. There are so many options. We'll discuss more of those with my guests here coming up, but I think you just look at this in general and say Miami has a chance to go after their offensive line needs or their tight end needs or their running back needs, or they can select a player that just benefits a strength of the roster, which is always a good way to improve your football team as well. So there you go. Maybe we'll get all four picks right in these lists. Maybe we'll get zero. Who the hell knows? Just wanted to share with you all what I've been working on for this class and the tape I've been watching because, uh, you know, I do it too, even though we have the guests on here, which we'll have next week, Kyle Krabs and Jordan Reed on the Drive Time Podcast. And then that's it. That's the draft uh, after that. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice. Check out our YouTube channel for media availabilities and Dolphins today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline Cameron, Daddy. Sports.